Welcome to the Find Your Awesome Podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott. I'm a confidence coach and instigator of joy. I believe that we are all so much more powerful than we can possibly understand. My goal with these conversations is to introduce you to brave, vulnerable people who are finding and owning their awesome. My guests are leaning into what makes them unique and sharing that uniqueness with the world. I hope these conversations inspire you to break free from whatever is holding you back and to step into your own greatness. Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My guest today is Anna Marinho. She is the owner of Be Healthy LLC, and she's a licensed physical therapist, a transformational coach, and an intuitive healer. Welcome, Anna. Thank you. It's so great to have you here. Yes, very exciting. So let's start with, well, what came first? Physical therapy, transformational coach, intuitive healing? Tell us a little bit about yourself. That's a great question. I never thought about it that way. Um, well, I born as a media. Okay. The piece came as natural. Um, the working piece started as a physical therapist. Okay, wait, hold on. When did you figure out that you're a medium? Um, I always knew because my family is a medium as well, my mom and my dad, and then I kind of grew up with that culture of being around spirits and, and have that very highly intuitive feeling. But it was not until probably about five years ago that I started incorporating that to my business and doing for other people. Awesome. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But I still, both your parents are mediums? Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Is that, is that normal? Like, quote unquote, normal in Brazil? Is that typical? It's more common there than here, for sure. Okay. Uh, but my parents, I grew up on, I went to a Catholic school. They had that Catholic background. My grandmother is very, very Catholic. They got that, that um, part. But my parents are spiritualists, and that is, it's kind of like a philosophy in Brazil that follow with the media and having that intuition behind. And it, a lot of the teachings are similar to the Catholic Church in some ways, but they do believe in reincarnation. They do have much more um, that con connection with the spirits than the, any other religion that I have seen. The, for me, I kind of grew up going to those centers and like meetings with my parents. And I have this memory being like five years old, sleeping in my mom's lap. And she's attending this meeting with another, I don't know, 30 people or so. And the, some, some spirit was incorporating and they were doing a lecture. But that for me kind of like grew up as being something like normal in some way. It's not normal for everybody in Brazil, but I think it's a little bit more open than a little bit more open than the U.S. for sure. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> what a magical, like, open culture to be raised in. Yeah, it was really nice because it allowed me to be who I am in a lot of ways. And I'm very, very sensitive. My intuition is, like, really kind of, on the edge a lot of a lot of times too much and it was interesting because until i got to high school 
that's when I got that shock of culture and it's like, hold on a second, this is not normal. Then that was kind of like an interesting experience and that everything kind of shut down and they say, no, 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 no. Who do you think you are to be that sensitive and that open? And it was not until my 20s when everything kind of opened up again. And, and I learned how to do for myself and do for other people and use that. And how did you, do you remember that moment that you decided to open it up again? I don't think it was one specific moment. I think it was multiple occasions and a lot of resistance in the beginning where I was like, no, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not playing with anybody's energy. I'm, you know, I know the pros and cons of that. I saw many times in Brazil people getting sick because they didn't have boundaries, mm-hmm. people creating cancer because they're absorbing someone else's energy because they didn't have boundaries when they're doing like energy healing, like Reiki, for example. Then seeing those cases during my teenager year, I was like, no, I am not doing that. Not interested. (laughs) Slowly, the time went by and I had many different experiences where things starting to open up and say, no, that's, we're going to guide you. You know what you're doing, trust yourself, and, and it's going to be for the highest good, and you're going to be fine. And I think that was, took some time to get there. Wow. Okay, we might come back to that part. But now let's go to, yeah, my original question. Physical therapy. So the yeah. intuitive part was always there. Yes. Then the physical therapist's career was my dream since I was probably around 15, 16. When people ask me, what do you want to do when you grow up? My, uh, my answer was always, I wanted to help people. And I didn't want to be a doctor because I didn't want to be across the table and just tell people what to do. I wanted to be part of the healing. I wanted to be sitting on the same side as the patient. Then my brother uh, is adopted, and we found out that he has cerebral palsy when he was about a year old. And I follow his path, learning how to walk. And he didn't walk until, let's say, four or five. And there was a lot of physical therapies with that. And in that moment, when I started seeing he's taking his first step, what the doctors say was impossible. That was the moment that I say, okay, that's what I want to do. I want to make an impact on families the same way that my family was impacted by physical therapy. Wow. But, but that was the physical therapist discoverer and went to school. I, I was very, very passionate for the career and then really kind of embraced with like fully hearted without a question of anything else. And do you work with patients right now who, what kind of patients do you work with right now? I have a big variety of patients. I have from teenagers to 90s. And I have people that come from like injury, like sports related or like lower back pain, knee pain, like the typical physical therapy injury. And I have people that come from posture, like a lot of scoliosis patients. It's a very, very big diversity. I have people that are neurological problems, like my brother, uh, had cases of stroke, cerebral palsy. They have, I, 
the way that I describe my my public, it's human body. That's a human being. I don't specialize in one age group or one part of the body, but I, I everything that I do, it's bringing that philosophy of treating the whole body, bringing the emotional, bringing the spiritual, and bringing the physical. How do you incorporate all of those together? It depends on the person that show up. Then some people want to come and they just want the basic fix my knee, take the pain away, I want to feel better, and that's fine. Then we do the hands-on, do a lot of hands-on, and a lot of retraining of the muscle. Um, some people are very aware of their emotions do cause pain and do amplify pain, and they want to remove the emotional component that's aggravating the pain. And some people want to go as wild as um, working with the ancestors. And, you know, sometimes we have things on our DNA that's brought it back from generations and generations. Like my dad had low back pain. My grandfather had low back pain. Here I am, I have low back pain now. Then we work on remove that from the DNA all the way to the ancestor as well. That's when we bring more like the... A spiritual component as well to to the session. The, the session for people they are open to. It can be ten minutes of hands on loosening up in a muscle, and then suddenly some like trauma happened twenty years ago, and that goes to the surface, and we work on that emotional component and clear that up, and then you find out. Through the session, the, my grandmother had the same problem. We cleared that as well, or something happened in my past life. Then it can be as crazy <laughs> as it can. It's, it, it, there is no really limits on uh, whatever comes to the surface next. It's what so, we address. So, for instance, if you were to find, like, a, have a patient who says, my grandmother had that or has that, if their grandmother is still living. Mm-hmm. Does the pain go away in both the patient and the grandmother? It can. It doesn't have to. It depends on how deep the person is open to. Mm-hmm. But the person should have healing. The person needs to be open to release the old story. And I think you can relate to that with coaching as well, because I think that's the beautiful piece of the component that I learned from coaching school, is if we attach ourselves to the story, that's become who we are. Yeah. Then if the grandmother in the example is attached to the story, it doesn't matter how much work the other person is doing, the grandmother is not going to release. Right. But it can go the other way as well, where um, people say that we can change seven generations before and seven generations forward because the effects of one person can ripple through the, through the, ancestors and forward as well that's a lot seven generations is a lot yeah the, the buddhist philosophy the taoism they kind of like mentioned those things as well how we are one person but we have so much power to change not just our family but also our community and places we are and kind of like being the little pebble they fall in the water and just kind of ripple around mm-hmm that's how is the, the the vision when I see a client transforming and changing their life that's kind of the vision that I have it's like it's just one more pebble and just 
radiating and ripple to the to the ocean and reaching someone else in that way with those waves that's beautiful yeah <laughs> Do, okay so that makes me want to change my question that i was working on to what what is your mission my mission is empower people to remember that we have the power of self-healing mm. They, even though I work with energy and I do physical therapy and I do coaching and all of those things is teaching someone else to heal. I always go back to educate someone to heal themselves. And I think that's the biggest difference between me and everybody else that I ever met. I, don't, I, I haven't met anybody that does that. Yeah. Like when you do Reiki, you're doing Reiki to someone else. When you do shamanic work, you do shamanic on someone else. You're not necessarily teaching the person the tools to be able to heal themselves. Oh my yeah. goodness. Okay, so to empower people to remember that they have the power to heal themselves. There's so much magic in that simple statement. Yes. <laughs> to empower them. You, you never said you wanted to fix people. No, because people don't need to be fixed. <laughs> That's the best part. Once they understand, they don't need to be fixed. That's when the magic happens. Yes. And those are the clients and the patients that have the best results. The, the population, they usually just want to lie down the table and say, fix me. They don't usually come to me. Mm -hmm. It's a teamwork. When I'm working, it's like I'm teaching you to to heal yourself. Yeah. I'm not doing it for you. Then that's what I think it's really cool about the work. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. And then <laughs> to get to the to remember, to mm -hmm. remember mm -hmm. because we already know this, don't we? Yes. We already know we can heal ourselves. We already know that our bodies want to be healthy, mm -hmm. that our bodies want to heal and that they can heal. But yes. we forget it a lot. Yes. And the way I look at through my physical therapy, like the physiology behind of the body, and it's nice because I have that knowledge of the science also. Then when I look at the science of the body, if we cut ourselves, we heal. If something happened, the, the body always go back to balance. The body always find a way to accommodate and brings things back to center. They, all we need to do is remember how to do that and allow the body to do what the body knows already. So how do we do that? How do we remind the body or is it reminding our mind it goes both ways because someone that have a chronic pain for example their body forgot if someone that doesn't have any pain then it sometimes can be more the mind but it, it a lot of times go hand in hand and the way that we do that it's clearing up whatever old patterns that we created on the way and the tools that we use that can be coaching tools or energy tools or physical therapist tool. Like for someone coming with, for example, a lower back pain 
and they've been using a lot of the lower back to move, to walk, to sit, to stand, to play tennis. And then the muscle is being used to do that for a long time. That's all the muscle knows now. And that's all you know now, because that's the way you are moving. Then now, when I, I come and I relax the muscle and I loosen up, now you have access to your core, for example, to work better. But it's still that moment where the body is like, how do I do that? Mm -hmm. And that's uh, a lot of times what I feel like is missing on the healthcare. It's that transitioning to letting the body remember what the body knows when we're born. We're born knowing how to activate our core. But somehow through the years of probably sitting a lot and bad postures and yes, this, 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 um, we forgot. Then now we bring back to now the muscles are looser. Now we have the strengthening but we, we need to transition the strengthening to just like doing a crunch, for example, to how do you run using your core yeah. and bringing that to your daily life, bringing that to something functional. Once we do that, once I retraining the person and those muscles remember how to work, now you can go back and running and now you know how to do it then usually it's a much more uh, long-term solution because chances are people are not going to be re-injuring anymore because they're using what they know. They're not compensating for another different muscle that not supposed to be doing their work to begin with. Hmm. It sounds like you do some really powerful work. So I want to, I mean, we still have plenty of time to dig into your story, but just because people are now probably like, how can I work with this person? So let's just do that now. Where are you located? How can people work with you? Perfect. Tell us all the details. Yeah, then uh, I do online sessions. And I have people from all over, from Brazil, Europe, US. <laughs> That's uh, the, the Zoom. We use a software called Zoom. That's kind of like a video conference. And it feels like we are sitting in front of each other. And that works really well. And I also do in-person sessions on South Charlotte, North Carolina. Cool. The or works the same. Awesome. Okay. And we'll have all of your info in the show notes. Okay. Perfect. Okay. So now back to your story. I just, I'm like, well, I want to work with her. Um, okay. So coaching, when did that get added into the mix? Okay. What happened was... I, I moved from Brazil. I'm originally from Brazil. I moved from Brazil about 10 years ago. And my license, my physical therapist license from Brazil was not accepted in the US. They took me about seven years to do the full transfer. And when I was one year and a half-ish prior to that happen, I was ready to kind of give up on the whole physical therapy and move on to the more intuitive and coaching aspect. But that time I didn't know what coach was, but I was already doing. And she went met a friend of mine. They, she was telling me about it, how I was already coaching. And I was like, what is coaching? And then she came and explained what it was. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's it. That's what, that's the piece that's been missing. And 
the coach came as a plan B. And I believe they allowed me to be physical therapist and, and get, because I transformed myself so much through the course was about a year and a half class. It was an intensive program that helped me to transform myself as well. And seeing the physical therapist with a different eyes, I think allowed me to actually get the license. Mm. They kind of wrap it together with the, yeah, the physical therapist components. <laughs> so at that time, did you already know you wanted to tie it all together? No, that time I was, in that moment, when I had to make the decision about the coaching school, I was ready to give up. Then what happened in that moment, I had to trust the universe to guide me to what to do next. Then I went to the coaching school and I was working in that time as a physical therapist assistant. Then I could continue working as a physical therapist assistant if my license didn't come. But I knew that that was my last chance because of the legality of the process. Then what that process taught me was to trust. Then I had no idea what my life would look like after the coaching school. But I, I really was in the place of unknowing, but trusting that I was guided like I always am to the next step. And I was just focusing on the next step. Then I took my, my coaching degree and then I passed the, the physical therapist. It was actually funny because I opened a coaching um, business not thinking that I was unsure, am I going to get this physical therapist or just going to be working for everybody, for someone else, but whatever. Then I opened the coaching business and a year later I had to close the coaching business to be able to add a physical therapist. <laughs> Again, it kind of goes back to that trusting. It's like, I was just leaving the moment. Like, what is the next step? Okay, go to the coaching school. Do this and, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, it sounds like the universe was kind of like, whoa, you're going to do something bigger. Mm -hmm. This is why it's taking you so long. Yes. You got to make it bigger. Yes, because what I believe and what I, what, looking back, is exactly what you say is like if I had received my license as soon as I moved to US I would not be working the way I'm working right now I would just be doing a regular physical therapist job but because it really feels like the universe was preparing me for that the physical therapist license was almost my motivation to do everything else I was doing I was so obsessive about it I was really was because I was so passionate about it I was really like, I'm going to go to this coaching school because I want to pass the license. I want to do this shamanic training because I, I want to better myself and I can deserve the license. I, everything that I was doing in some way subconscious was to better myself that I could pass the test. Not knowing that there was actually the training for after the test. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So what was it like when you first started your business that does include physical therapy? Did people think you were kind of crazy? 
incorporating coaching and intuitive healing with with physical therapy? It wasn't. It wasn't. It, it was really well received, surprisingly, except for my previous uh, employer. <laughs> Uh, he's more like a traditional physical therapist, amazing physical therapist, but more traditional. Mm-hmm. And that helps me to quit my job and say, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I need to do on my own. Yeah. But it was nice because someone else that went to the same school that I went, IPAC, uh, he, he was doing what I was doing in some way. He was introducing coaching to physical therapy. Oh. It was really nice for me to meet someone and knowing that was possible. He wasn't doing a much smaller scale. He wasn't doing exactly what I'm doing with the healing and everything else. Mm-hmm. But it was nice to hear that was possible. Then in that moment when I was coaching through the sessions with physical therapy, it kind of started slowly. I wasn't going like full blow. Hey, I'm, I'm going to coach you right now. <laughs> Uh, it, it's kind of starting to develop slowly. And in the beginning, most of my clients came for physical pain and posture and, and the regular physical therapy piece. And I feel like when I moved to Charlotte, that's when things really click as far as, as um, embracing every single of my gifts as one unit. Because before I was living in California, Los Angeles, and I was having an office for physical therapists and I was doing coaching online and I was doing healing in my living room. There was, it was, it was all three. It was three different things almost. But when I came to Charlotte, I was able to find a space where it's all three in one space. Mm. We are, we found a house that have a basement. They allowed me to create my own energy in that space and maintain their own energy, not having to share with anybody, not having to be a business um, building. And that made a very big difference. How so? Because before I was sharing the space with someone else and I was working inside of a space, and when you being hypersensitive the way I am, going inside of those places and there's nothing wrong it's just i could feel someone else's energy it wasn't my space mm-hmm. then when i was sharing this space i was feeling when as soon as i arrived i felt someone else's energy then i had to kind of go and clear nothing right or wrong good or bad but it wasn't mine then i feel like that's kind of limited how far out i could go when i was working where now I'm the only person using this space. It's my space. It's looking at the, I have a bunch of trees behind. They am already getting blessed by, <laughs> by the trees. And being able to put my crystals out and do everything that I always envisioned to be able to do it. It's just in Los Angeles was impossible to find a space that I could do that because Los Angeles is way too expensive. Then moving to Charlotte allowed me to accomplish that dream. So how do people listening who might be new to the talk of energy, how would you explain to them being able to feel that somebody else's energy is like that you're exposed to someone else's energy? That's a great question. I think um, we all 
sensitive in some ways. We just sometimes are not aware. And that's another part of their remembering. Then when we go to our someone's house, we go to a party or whatever place, I think everybody can relate to that feeling to going somewhere and say, mm, I don't like this place, I want to leave. And that's feeling energy. But most of the people don't have awareness of what is that is. And it's the same thing with like a kid or a baby. Like kids are very honest. If they don't like you, if they don't feel comfortable, they're going to tell you. And when we grew up in a society, they start to like say, no, that's not okay. No, that's not okay. Don't do that. You got to hug everybody. You got to like everybody. And we started stopping those sensitivities to accommodate what society asks us to do it. Yeah. Then I think when we simplify energy, it doesn't have to be something so different. If we bring it to the basics, that's what energy is. Hmm. That's such a good description. And such a, I think that's something you can all relate to. You've seen the kids having to go around the table, hugging everyone. Mm-hmm. I always ask if they want to. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's empowering the kids to continue. Don't let forget. That's, that's who we are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, remembering and, part of that for me is remembering when I was a little kid. I didn't like that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm, yeah. Okay. How we, how we forget. <laughs> so what do you do with your, like your patients come in and they've got their own energy. Mm-hmm. How do you dance with that? Well, one of the things that was mandatory for me before I start using energy to someone else. And I think that was part of my resistance in the beginning was I was 100% sure that I would not go out there and doing energy healing until I know how to create boundaries. Mm. And I think that's what was missing with the people that I saw getting sick in Brazil. It's people learning how to do Reiki or to do whatever technique they learn. And they get so excited and they're just like, oh yeah, let's do that to everybody. And, but they don't know how to create those limits. That we are um, made of energy and we have our field until a certain point. So that's usually about kind of like arm lands. And you can bring that closer to you or you can bring further, depending on how, you, how you're feeling. And I was lucky enough I don't know if luck is the right word but through my growing experience that was something that I had to learn it was no way for me to open myself to heal someone or do energy and to be able to drop the army and that wall they say don't come close to me because that's kind of how I was in my teenager years and it's that fear base oh my gosh, I'm feeling too much. Therefore, if someone come my way, it's going to hurt me. Then drop those walls, drop those armies, and learn how to create what I call filter. And that's usually like, I call boundaries 101. And that's actually something that I'm teaching. I'm doing a course on that because I'm getting so many people interested on that topic. I'm creating a course, and I'm probably going to get to the point I'm creating an online course for that as well because it's so needed 
Like we can't go out and heal people. We can't go out and help people until we know this is my energy. This is your energy. Yeah. If when I'm working, I am very clear where my boundaries are. And if for some reason I let that down for a second and I feel someone else's energy coming into my field, I know that's not mine. Then I can clear out. But it requires a lot of awareness for, to getting to that point. How do you clear it out? And there are many ways to do it. Like you can use like something as simple as what I call the grounding cord. That's just kind of imagining, imagining some roots coming down through your feet and going to the earth. Like imagine like a tree and you can clear the energy going down to the earth. That's kind of like a simple way to do it. I actually have some meditations on my YouTube channel. If anybody's interested to actually learn how to do it, there's some free videos there. Awesome. But there are many different ways. It's just to find whatever works for each person. I, I think it's really helpful. I, I never really thought of there being many different ways and just finding out what works for you. And I think for me, toes rooting into the grass mm -hmm. and then coming to my center mm -hmm. and or being near the ocean those are quick ones for me yes to clear energy that's the, that's the fast track yes and that's what i always empower people there is no right way to do it it's whatever works for each person yeah and but i also like to give it tools where people don't have to be in front of the ocean they don't have to be on the grass and if they are in the business meeting in the stock inside of the office and they start feeling anxiety for example yeah they can do right away they don't need to go anywhere it's nice to have nature is nice like nature for me is one of my biggest healer like going for a hike and just let a let a nature clear and recharge it's amazing mm -hmm. but it's also nice it's like the same example that I was giving about the back pain right it's like how we bring that to function how we bring that to real life that we can also use that in the moments that we really need it. Like something happened, you need it like right now. Yeah. Like you are in the parking lot, you are somewhere that you kind of like don't have access to going somewhere and you can have that tool right away. And if you, you go back to where you say, like go back to your center. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's right there. Exactly. Because it's inside. Mm -hmm. It's inside us. It's always available. <laughs> yeah. It's our little home. Mm -hmm. It's like um, goals and tag. Like you always have, you always have the safe space. Yeah. You always tag the pole or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right. Where else should we go? What else do you want to share with the world? Well, one thing that I like to share with my clients, especially the new clients, and maybe be helpful for your um, audience as well, it's the power of the mind. And I think that kind of aligns what you were saying in the beginning as far as we be the healer. And if it's one thing that I would like to, every single person to understand, it's the power that we have to heal. Then a lot of people talk about the law of attraction and um, things more like the neuro, neuroscience, like when we combine the law of attraction with neuroscience, like the intuitive world with the scientific world. The body is made to heal. 
and we have the power to learn whatever we want. And I think that's such a good reminder for anybody that's struggling either with anxiety, depression, or anything emotional. Like you broke up with a boyfriend, they can be as big or as small. Or if you're, if you're dealing with chronic pain, you've been pain for 20 years. Or you just twist your ankle last week. The power that we have to heal ourselves, it doesn't matter how long ago it happened that power is there. And I think when we go back to the cellular level, where the cell is always dividing itself and recreating, I think that's a good picture to take away with, yes, we can do this. Like our cells, like our skin, for example, we lose trillions of skin cells every day and trillions more are created. Do we always have that transformation happening then if we are sick for whatever reason it is physical or mentally we can create health cells as well it's just a matter of a new the new division like the new the next division of the cell can be a healthier one and that's something that I think it's important for people to remember that because it's it's so easy when you're suffering to lose hope. Yes. And this is a lesson that I feel like has been brought forward in my life oh, a few times. I went through three summers, or was it two summers? I don't know. But back to back, I had a tibial stress fracture a metatarsal stress fracture and then pneumonia and I didn't have like one to two weeks of pneumonia I had eight weeks of intense pneumonia and I the main takeaway from all of that is the body can heal Mm -hmm. and that was a limiting belief that I didn't I didn't even realize I had but I had injured my calves when I was 13 And somewhere along the way, somebody told me it's never going to heal. And so like 10, 15 years later, I was still struggling with the pain and was still holding on to that belief, even though it hadn't been mine, but I was still carrying around the baggage of it's never going to heal until I worked through that and worked with somebody who believed it could heal Mm -hmm. and then worked through those other things. Now I'm like, the body is awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Body really, truly wants to heal, and it can. We get out of the way, and we help it. Yes, and I think you're touching such a good point there. A lot of times those beliefs are not ours. And again, if we go back to the example for the kid, if the kid fall, they get up and walk again. They yeah. may crying for a couple seconds, but in no way in their mind have that thought of, I'm not going to be okay. They know they're going to be fine. Yeah. And that's so true what you're saying. And again, it goes back to, it's not right or wrong, but as society teach us, this is not okay. This is not going to heal. <clears throat> you needed that medication. Or if you don't have these vitamins, it's not going to feel better. Then we, we grow up with this mentality of we need 
A, B, C, D, and sometimes it's vitamins. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of clients, they are so attached to their vitamins. If I don't have my vitamins, I'm going to get sick. If I'm not eating vegan, I'm going to get sick. It can be a healthy style as well, mm-hmm. but are we actually feeling how we are feeling? Or we heard someone say, and we are bringing that as our reality. Now we're walking around carrying that, I call the backpack, with mm-hmm. that true. And is that really your true? Like in your case, that was beautiful. You realize, like, hold on a second. I don't have to be carrying someone else true. They are not, I'm not going to heal. We pick up other people's ideas so fast. Yes. If you hang around somebody like just a normal person mm-hmm. during the day, they're probably going to repeat to you something that they heard from someone else or from the radio or TV or a podcast mm-hmm. or whatever. And it's not their idea. But they're repeating it. And then it's going to get repeated again and again and again. And they're going to carry it around. Mm-hmm. Or they're not. Yeah. And as you're saying, like, when we're aware of it, then we can choose what we want to do with it. Exactly. And I think that's where the boundaries work comes so handy because when you have those boundaries, you start to truly feel, is this my truth? Is this a line of what I believe? Or it doesn't. Yeah. And it may be the healthiest tip you have heard but maybe not be your true. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the more awareness, like you say, the more awareness we have, the more clarity we have about what works for us. And it's interesting you mentioned about that with the not healing as well and the, and the fracture and the, and the gastro and it's still kind of have pain years later. Yeah. And I kind of experienced that firsthand with my brother where we went to a couple doctors and they say he will never walk. And I remember having my mom coming back home like devastated and just crying her eyes out. It's like, what do you mean my, my son never gonna walk? And in that moment she had to make the decision say, I'm never coming back to that doctor again. I'm gonna prove he's wrong. And that's where things kinda start sparkling in the house with the physical therapist. My brother was doing physical therapy like five times a week at some point. And she was so determined. She was like, that's not my true. I'm not carrying it around. Yes. And, and now he's walking. And mm-hmm. how, how just amazing. So he was adopted. So how amazing that he ended up being adopted by someone who was like, no, mm-hmm. that's not my truth that my son can't walk. Exactly. And they also go back to the, the healthcare providers as well. It's like, I think when we, we work with health, we have an extra responsibility with the words that we use with clients, knowing that, that they will believe in what we say. Yeah. yeah I hear that a lot. And it's very sad to me when I hear a client arrive and say, oh, my doctors say they're not going to heal. My doctors say that's going to take five years. I was like, no, it doesn't. If you keep putting that on your mind, it's never going to heal. It's never going to get better. And there is no hope for you out there. But there is really no hope. Yeah. Miracles happening every day. Why, why not you? <laughs> I love that attitude. 
along the way with my calf pain, I would go to doctors and one of them diagnosed me with puny calves. That was not helpful. And another diagnosed me with calf pain and just told me to stop running. It didn't mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that a lot. People say, oh, you have pain when you turn to the right. Well, just don't turn to the right. Hold on a second. What do yeah. you mean? You're going to live your life and you're never going to turn to the yeah. right? <laughs> you're going to miss a lot of the world that way. <laughs> The, yeah, the, always my question is why? Mm-hmm. Why can't you not turn to the right? Instead of working on the symptoms and the consequence, it's kind of going back to the first question. It's why happened to the first place? Yeah. Why did you injure your right calf, not your left? Mm-hmm. Why someone cannot turn to the right but cannot turn to the left? The when we find that why physical, emotional, spiritual, whatever the reason is, and we eliminate that, that there is no more that I need to avoid doing that because it's not good for me. Right. There's no more, I need to stop doing that completely natural motion that my body was made to do. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then again, go back to remember Mm-hmm. And I remember to do that without pain. Yes. Because chronic, especially if it's more than three months, when it becomes a chronic pain, there is a mental component on the pain. And now your brain is expecting that it's going to hurt. And there is that little map on your brain that say every time you do that, you will hurt. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times the body is starting to heal and the person's feeling better. But the brain is still getting the same music, say it will hurt. It takes a while to start, in my experience, to start trusting our bodies again. Yes. Yes. And if you hear someone say, oh, don't do that, that makes it even harder to trust your body again. Absolutely. And even having somebody constantly ask, does it hurt? Mm-hmm. Does it hurt? So you're looking. Mm-hmm. You're looking for pain. And yeah. when we look for things, we tend to find them. We find it. Yeah. We're very good at yeah. finding lost things. Yeah. We're very good treasure hunters. <laughs> I see that quite often when I finish the session, especially if I'm doing mostly physical therapy and someone being pain for a long time and they get out of the table and they start walking around and their face is like, where is that? Where is that? And I usually laugh and I say, are you looking for something? <laughs> and the person's like, I'm not feeling the pain. <laughs> but it's so true. We're kind of looking for, like, where did I go? And instead of just kind of like completely let it go, there is a transition period. It's like, yeah. is that, is that, are you sure it's not coming back? Yeah. Are you sure they can let it go? Are you sure they can do that movement that I was not able to do before? Yeah. And it's the same with the emotions. It's no different. Like someone they have like anxiety to go in a public place, for example. It's the same thing. The first time they go back to the public place or going to an event, it's kind of that feeling of, are you sure that I can go? I'm sh- are you sure that I'm feeling comfortable? Mm-hmm. I'm feeling comfortable, but something is missing. 
They make sure they feel so comfortable. <laughs> That's the same transition into remembering the brain. Hey, this is okay. Yeah, because we've had these habits for so long. I describe it as the patterns are like a highway in our brain. Exactly. And then when we try and build new patterns, it's like a construction road. It's going to be windy. It's going to be bumpy. Mm -hmm. It can be built. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It can be built. And it feels different. Mm -hmm. And the difference is good in in that case. Yeah. But it's scary because it's new. Because, exactly. And we can take the other road and it's so efficient. Mm-hmm. We know how to get there mm-hmm. so easily. Exactly. Yeah, that's usually how I describe as well, like the, the road map. Mm-hmm. I know how to get home from that street. I know exactly how to. It's much faster. I don't have to think about it. It's automatic. Yep. But you take a new road. And you're like, hold on a second, I gotta work harder here. I gotta think about it, I gotta feel it. But that feeling also brings the body awareness that a lot of times we don't have it. Yes. Yes. Uh, talking about body awareness, how, so for people who really don't have much body awareness, mm-hmm. how do you start? building it up for them i think that's a perfect example we're just saying about the pause every time we pause we give a chance for our body to feel Mm. most of the time the reason that we don't have body awareness is first we are not feeling we're not pause enough to feel we're always running the people that have a lot of stress or they're always running around they have a lot of things to do it they don't have that moment of pause and the other reason is if we pain, something feels uncomfortable, that you turn it off. Yes. The either case, it's knowing the feelings is not harmful. The feelings are a sign from the body. I always like to give the example from like someone that have diabetes, for example, and they lose the sensation of their foods. And if they're not careful, they can actually hurt themselves really bad. Then in that case, not having the feeling is actually quite damaging. It's the same thing with us. The more we shut down that body awareness, the less we lose that red flag. What's wrong with us? Mm-hmm. The, I always tell my clients, like it's encouraging that red flag, encourage that response from the body say hey look at here something's wrong but we keep turning all those buttons off and now it's just going back to the present moment the breath it's really helpful just kind of sitting down and feel the breath coming in feel the breath coming out like we do the breath all day long we have no awareness what's happening and there are so many different places to feel the breath. Mm-hmm. You know, feel it coming in and out of our nose or in and out mm-hmm. of our mouth exactly. or feel it at our chest or feel it at our diaphragm and our belly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so much body sensation that we can play with just with the breath. Mm-hmm. And it's like feel the heartbeat. 
Like how many times we stop to feel what's going on for our body? Our body is kind of constant working. Yeah. And we have no clue what's happening. We just kind of go, 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 go. I think the more we slow down and the more we feel, more the body awareness come. Yeah. Love it. I feel like that's a good place to close this up. So we've already talked a little bit about where people can find you, but what's your website, social media, everything else? Perfect. Then they can find me on www.behealthywithanna. Anna is A-N-A. It's just one N. Dot com. And they can find me also on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere else. I have a YouTube channel with a bunch of videos for meditation for people that want to actually have that guidance how to get there. There are some videos there for that. And that's also Be Healthy. Um, it's not that. What's it called there? Little... Uh, dash. Dash. Thank you. <laughs> Be Healthy Dash Anna Marino for the YouTube channel. And Facebook and Instagram is Be Healthy with Anna as well. Awesome. All right. And all of those links will be in the show notes. Fantastic. Thank you so much. This has been a great conversation. Yes, that was super fun. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, very honor. And thank you for doing that for your community. That's a beautiful work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I'll see you, sister. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to continue the conversation, please head over to Facebook and join the group Find Your Awesome with Kelsey Abbott. It's free. And if you want more than that, go to my website, kelseyabbott.com, and there you can sign up for my newsletter and get a series of free guided meditations. And I would really appreciate it if you could head over to the podcast app and leave a review of the Find Your Awesome podcast. Your reviews help other people learn about this podcast. Thank you so much. That's all I've got for you, friends. Go forth and be awesome.